Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are we doing? You know, I watch a lot of cooking shows. And I thought I would do something like that. How many of you have started the fast on Friday with us by a show of hands? How many of you? Oh, not bad. Not bad. There must be like six of you. Yeah. That's good. Because I want to talk to you about the fast. And I want to give you an idea about something you might want to try. So I got invited to uh, Roger's house over here. And he showed me this. And he said, Matt, I'll show you how to make something. And you can eat it instead of breakfast. You can eat it when you're hungry during the day, or you can eat it as a dessert. But when you eat it, it'll release serotonin in your body, and you'll just feel good. You'll be happy. And it'll actually curb your appetite. And so I started on Friday with dinner. I ate this for dinner. Yesterday, I ate it for lunch, and I ate it for breakfast this morning. And so, I would say that as you prepare this, as you eat it, if you can just pray, use that acronym, that you praise God for what he's doing in your life, and if you feel like he's not doing anything in your life, you praise him for what he's doing in other people's lives. You repent of all the things you shouldn't be doing. You ask him for things. And then you yield to what you feel like he's telling you. So I'm going to start off with oatmeal. Right here. Old-fashioned oats. You just put some in there. It's pretty simple, no measurements. <laughs> Hot water. You can microwave it. You can use a hot pot. You can use your Keurig. And you just want to cover the oatmeal with hot water. And then you just let it sit. And then you're going to bust out your fruit. So whatever fruit you like, I love apples. My daughter and I, we like to go to Savers. It's like two bucks. Two bucks. You know, sometimes the apple, I've studied this, the apple doesn't grow straight. And it's hard to use this thing at an angle. But I saw that if you turn it upside down, it works better. So you slice it. And then I brought a small knife and a big knife. I always think I'm going to hurt myself with the small knife. But, oh yeah, nobody likes to eat the seeds. And I always look for bruises. And then you just cut up your fruit. I think it's right what TV people say, that being on the camera adds 10 to 15 pounds. Because do these gloves make my hands look fat? When, when I look at it, I look like a dwarf. 
But I think that's just the size of my hand. So, so you cut up your fruit, put it in a bowl. And there's something I learned, is that if you put a teaspoon of salt in like two cups of water, you stir it, and then you put your apples in there, you let it sit for a minute and you drain it, your apples won't turn brown for eight hours. So you cut up your apples. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to have my wife blank this screen, and I'm going to look at the passage of scripture we're going to be looking at today. And if you have your Bibles, if you would turn to John chapter 8, verse 2 to 11. And this is the word of the Lord. At dawn, he appeared again, and they're talking about Jesus in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and he started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. I wanted to ask you that if you were at this scene, where would you be? Who would you be? Would you be the Pharisees? The one to drag her up here in front of everybody? Would you be the woman standing in front of the crowd with her sin exposed, vulnerable? Maybe you would be the husband in the crowd looking for the biggest rock you could find. Maybe you were just observing, too scared of the crowd to say anything. Where were you in this scene? And so the question I want to ask you today is, can I be blank? and be a Christian? Can I be an adulterer and be a Christian? I want you to think about that. I read on Facebook a week ago, 
somebody I, I, I was friends with. And apparently something bad had gone down at church because the comment was made If I don't confide in you, then don't get into my business. And so all her friends like, what's going on? What's happening? They had just posted, don't criticize the toothpick in my eye when there is a plank sticking out of your eye. And they made this comment. Church people are the worst. And I read that, and that really hurt me. Because I identify with church people. I am the church people. And I wasn't mad at this person. I felt so sad because I knew they were in such a place of hurt and desperation, and they were just expressing themselves. And so I looked at myself, and I said, wow, do I do things that make people think that I am the worst person? Do I say things to people even to just get a laugh. But I hurt them so bad that they think I'm the worst person on the face of this earth. You know, I like pears. Fruit, they're beautiful on the mainland. Soft, juicy, cheap. I think this thing came from Peru. And this is kind of like us. Sometimes life bangs us up and we're all bruised. We never want to eat that. We got to cut this thing out. And I think, can I be the worst person and still be a Christian? And I think that sometimes as Christians, we want to judge each other's sin. But the Bible has something to say about that. And it comes from James 4, verse 12. It says, there is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? I think we have to realize that we're all sinners. That maybe you don't see my sin, but I am a sinner just like you. In Romans 3.23, it tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We cut up our fruit. I think we'll cut up some strawberries next. 
because strawberries are good and they're, they're beautiful. But yeah, we don't like the green part on our strawberry. And I hope I don't cut my finger because they'll be really good strawberries. But yeah, you want to put any kind of fruit you want. Strawberries, they're in season. Uh, Nadine and I were in Sam's Club and uh, we saw a lady that looked like she could be my mother's age. And she was eating the, the fruit to see if it was like right. And my mom does that. And like now as an adult, I'm like, don't do that. That's stealing. You know, so I asked her, oh, how do you uh, pick the strawberries? And so she told me you have to look on the underside because they rot from the bottom up. And if one gets rotten, then it spreads. I asked her about blueberries. And she said, you actually don't want the ones that look clean, that look like they're ready to eat because they're sour. You want the ones that have the white all over them because those are the sweetest. And so we were able to pick out strawberries and uh, blueberries at Sam's Club. We're going to set this up right here. We're going to put our fruit in there. I have more apples to put in there. And, of course, bananas. But I didn't practice this. I didn't realize it's, it's harder to talk when I'm doing something than, like, I can think something, but I'm having a hard time talking. And you see that? Oh, man, I always cut that thing out. But isn't that like when we see people, we don't like that about them, and we just want to correct them? We want to do God's job. And so we put our banana in there. And then, of course, we got blueberries. We got to put those blueberries. Can you believe blueberries in November? Where do these come from? And then on top of that, you want to put some cinnamon. And then you want to put some honey. Oh, I'm supposed to do this. You see that? <laughs> some honey. And Roger said you don't have to measure. You put as much as you... Oh, oh just a little. I'm sorry. Just a little. Oh. I mean, maybe that's why I'm gaining weight. Sorry. <laughs> and, then, and then the yogurt. I went low-fat, but I saw he used full-fat yogurt. He's like, but he looks really good. Maybe I got to stick with the low-fat yogurt, yeah. So you put, is it just a little bit, or you can just go for it, Roger? Just go, see, just go for it, okay. It was, it was the yogurt. It wasn't the honey. I knew it was something. I knew it was something. And then um, he put some... He put some milk in here. And I didn't even know they sold milk like this. 
I thought I had to buy a gallon. But he just put, whoa. He put some milk in here. And now when I see this, this is the picture of the church I see on Sunday. It's beautiful. Everybody's on their best behavior. Everything is in order. Turn to 1 John 2.5. It says, but if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. We are called to live as Jesus did. And Jesus, I read in the Bible, is all about relationships. And I believe he wants us to mix it up. He wants us to have relationships with everyone. And yeah, it's going to take time. It's going to be messy. Oh no, I got to be in there with the banana that guy is always blue oh i forgot one thing roger we're supposed to put walnuts you know i don't want to have relationship because that guy is nuts <laughs> but i think god calls us to have relationship and if you look at this it looks like a mess. It doesn't look as nice as when we show up on Sunday. And I think our relationships are the same. They're messy and they're hard. You know, my wife and I, we just learned how to play mahjong. So it's like Chinese cards, but it has tiles. So we go to the mainland. She's like, are you going to bring the mahjong set? And I was like, okay, I'll bring it. And we end up, it's, it's actually a four-player game. But we're playing two of us. And we're playing two hands each. And so we end up playing for eight hours one day. And she was like pummeling me. I mean, she was enjoying, and I think that's why we played so long. And finally, after midnight, I'm like, I surrender. Time out. Let's put this thing away. But I think in life, it's like you feel like you get a hand of cards. And you don't like your hand that you're dealt. You want to fold. You want to change hands. But in the game of Mahjong, you can only change one tile at a time. You cannot change multiple tiles. And the game is not over until someone wins. Hebrews 12.7 tells us that we are to endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what? 
children are not disciplined by their father. A lot of times, the pain and the hardships and the difficulties, it's God's doing. He's actually trying to purify us. And if you look at this meal, this is our lives. You have the oatmeal, which is a solid foundation. That's God the Father. You have the fruit, which is all of us, that we get mixed up. The yogurt is the blood of Christ, and the milk is the Holy Spirit. And I think if we focus on God, and we believe what Jesus says, that the good work he began in you, he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This morning, God will tell you, taste and see that the Lord is good. Would you bow your heads and pray with me?